Welcome to the Encourageous Podcast. My name is Angel Clark, and I'll be your host. Everyone goes through difficult things in life, but it takes a special type of person to use their pain to help others. That's exactly the kind of people you're going to hear from here on Encourageous. Each episode will tell the story of someone who not only survived their struggle, but is thriving. Join us for vulnerable, firsthand testimonies that will inspire you to press on. Get ready to be encouraged. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Encourageous podcast. As you guys know, the world is kind of in a weird state right now. So I just want to preface this with normally I do my interviews in person, you know, with a microphone and all this fancy equipment, but Right now, due to the situation of most of us being at stay-at-home orders and lockdowns and all that fun stuff, um, we're doing it through a virtual format. So I apologize in advance if something cuts out or if you hear like a child screaming in the background, like that wants a snack or something, you know, it's mom life for you. So just to say that, just to get that out of the way. And I don't know how long I'll be doing this virtual format. So um, I just want to pre-apologize for the next however many episodes that this is dealing you know, we're dealing with the situation. But speaking of coronavirus, I actually have a guest with me today who was diagnosed with, well, her husband was diagnosed with it, but she'll get into the whole full story. Um, she is one of my friends from high school. She is one of the most funny people I know in the entire world. And I'm so excited that she was willing to come on here and share her story with you guys. So Amber, would you mind just giving us a little bio? Tell us who you are, a little bit about yourself. Yes, guys, I was so excited when Angel asked me to come on here because one, I adore Angel. My sister and I were both friends with Angel in high school, and um, she is our standard of niceness. So, whenever I find someone that I think is really nice, I'll be like, Ashley, Miss So and so is as nice as Angel. Like, and then she goes, Oh, and then the next week, she's as nice as Angel, and she's literally the standard of niceness, and it's really funny. <laughs> Um, so Angel's just awesome. Um, I now live in the Chicagoland area and with my husband and my three kids, I have a baby, a three-year-old and a five-year-old. Um, our family has an event and creative agency and an insurance agency. And I'm in graduate school at Northwestern studying mental health counseling. So we're really busy. Um, yeah, I'm a Midwestern transplant, but I miss the warmth of Florida. Mm. I miss all my people. Yeah, that's true. Well, I was going to say, sometimes I would actually trade your Midwestern weather because I, I say to my family, like, who picked Florida? I don't like 105 degree weather. I prefer like 60s, 70s. Even when we went to Ireland last year, like the 40 and 50 degree weather, I'm like, this is glorious. So sometimes we should trade. I don't know. If if there was like a a teleportation device, we could trade for a little bit, you know, swap for a couple of days. You would miss Florida spring. Trust me. It's so cold. And yeah, good. I know. That's true. That's the one thing is like, I would like it for like short periods of time, not for like yeah, months. Fall is incredible. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Okay. So as I said earlier, um, basically the entire world is freaking out right now about COVID-19, coronavirus, pandemic. Um, so since you have a firsthand experience with it, could you kind of just tell us your story about how, how it went down? Yeah. So. Um, everybody's world just kind of changed all at once. I remember in February, my sister came to visit and she was like, this is getting really real. And I don't, I'm not a big news watcher. And I'm like, it's fine. Like, 
it's not a big deal. I, I really wasn't um, too alarmed by it. Um, so to preface this, my husband is a true hypochondriac. It's really <laughs> creative, genius, crazy type. And he, since we've been together, we've been like, I think like six or seven years, he has had every illness ever. So not really, but in a sense. So he's like, <laughs> diabetes. he has, it was like a while, like several years that he would only sit when he peed because he didn't want to have bubbles in the toilet because it scared him. Or like he quit wearing certain shoes because he said that his feet like had extra nerves. And like some days I'll see him like, like grabbing his lymph nodes because he swears they're swollen. Like he, when I say he's a hypochondriac, I mean it. Like he's always oh tragic is going on in his body. So I already was like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Um, Only a matter of time. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, also, my husband is also one of those people who travels and works a lot and has a staff of people who are constantly traveling and they were all really sick in February. They were just dropping like flies and he was, he would come home and he's like, they're so sick. I don't know what's going on. Um, so first week, no, second week of March happens and it's a Friday and he comes home and it all, everything had just started to shut down. Not really like a lot, Florida schools, I think were still open or I can't remember what it was, but he was, he was advising that we keep our kids home. Schools weren't even closed yet. He was like, we should keep them home. Um, he all of a sudden was like, I'm, I think I'm really sick. I'm like, okay, okay. Hypochondriac, you're crazy. He's like, no, I'm sick with your thermometer. And I, and he checked his temperature and he had a fever. And he's like, I want to go lay down. And I'm like, yeah, go, go, <laughs> you go, you go. Take your crazy self and go lay down. Yes. I didn't want to like play into it too much because I know how crazy he can get with this stuff. And um, he feeds off my energy. So if I make it a big deal, then like he might stress out. So I'm like, it's okay. I said, I told him to go in his room. I was like, you go relax. Well, it lasted all weekend. And he didn't think he had coronavirus, which is funny because he's normally crazy about this stuff like this. And he's like, no, I think I'm just sick. And I'm like, okay. My um, five-year-old daughter during that time had a low-grade fever. Um, I wasn't sick at all, but my chest kind of hurt. Uh, we were staying home anyways, but um, again, we didn't think this thing was like, I don't know. We didn't think it could happen to us. You know, it, was, it wasn't spreading. So Monday, everybody's feeling really fine. And uh, again, he runs businesses and has to pay people and pay bills. And he's like, I need to go deposit a few checks. I'm going to go do it in the drive-through ATM. I'm like, okay. So he leaves. Um, again, this is before all of the like, stay home, you're gonna kill everybody stuff. So I don't want anyone to think we were being reckless. Like we thought it was a good idea because this was so early on in this whole process. So yeah. um, he gets maybe like three minutes from home and he calls me and he's like, he's like, I think I'm having a heart attack. And I'm like, oh God. He goes, can you call an ambulance? I'm like, really? Can you like come home for a minute and we can talk about this before we like jump to these conclusions? And so he comes back and he's like, my face is numb. My arms are numb. And I'm like, you're nuts. But so I called an ambulance because he just was so sure that like he was having a heart attack. And so the ambulance comes and then they take him to the hospital and there, um, he reports his symptoms right away. And I did it on the phone too. So they knew what they were walking into. Um, like, I'm like, he has, he's had a fever, like blah, blah, blah. Um, they test him for the flu and then they sent him home and they're like, well, no, no, they test him for the flu. It came back negative, And they said, we're going to rerun another test for coronavirus. And then they sent him home. So he came home, he laid on the couch all day, like kind of emotional about the whole experience. Um, that was the night that my fever started. Mm. So, um, I was like, Oh no, we've got it. 
we've got the virus. Got the Rona. We got the Rona. I just like, <laughs> we were like joking about it, but we were like, Aww. no, we have it. But so then the next day they called and then they're like, yeah, you tested positive. Here's what your, the health department's going to call you, walk you through the next steps. So then the health department called and they made him like list all the people he had talked to and spoken to and um, call, they pulled our kids' school records, which was kind of crazy. Um, and they're like, did they go to school this day? And like, they, they handled it really well. Um, he was the first case. So of course my hypochondriac cousin's patient zero in our city. Mm. Make him crazy. <laughs> oh, you know, it was just, it was awful. So, um, I think from then on out, they said your wife doesn't need to get tested because mm -hmm. she's presumed positive. You guys are living in the same house. At this point, you're all probably infected. I know that wow. they're suggesting now that if someone's infected, you should try and keep them in their own room and keep them away from everybody, but it was too late at this point. Yeah. Um, it was just like a whole Petri dish of coronavirus in our house. So we sealed off our doors. Uh, unfortunately, at this point too, um, like grocery deliveries were a week out. Mm. Um, they weren't coming for a week out so but I, we have food so I like started preparing us to not open our door for weeks I know some people yeah. can go on walks and stuff like in, in an instant we were stuck in our house um wow. so that was really rough and I didn't know who to tell again I'm, I'm new to the mm. area we're living in and I'm like I don't want to tell my name I don't know who to tell like I just I had one of like one of their phone numbers um but so to make things worse, my husband couldn't stay off the news. And so he kept Googling and like, this is where if you're someone with health anxiety, um, this can only make it worse because you read about all the outliers, the one person that had it for the 50 days or whatever, not really, but you know, the yeah. one random 30 year old that died, like, mm. you know, he kept reading about all these outliers and he was getting really stressed. And I'm like, Keb, like we're not we're sick but we're not that sick like we're okay we're fine like majority of people have mild symptoms we're in the mild category like we're okay he would not stop freaking out he kept asking mm -hmm. like take me to the emergency room I can't breathe and I'm like yes you can so that was the hardest part to be honest was my husband literally losing his mind to make mm -hmm. it to make it worse um we run an event company like I said all events got canceled overnight so his whole mm -hmm. business up in smoke then he got this virus it was just really terrible our kids wow. are full of energy. so I, I know a lot of people asked about um how our kids handled this mm -hmm. they all had a low-grade fever at one point and that was it they were wow. their regular crazy selves while we were sick um so my husband went into the er at least three times they kept him overnight once wow um but he was okay. It was more of just the anxiety of it because there's so much news on this. Yep. Um, so like, if, so if you're someone who struggles with mental health, just try and unplug, um, try and check it maybe once a day, um, and know that what's being reported, like look at the overarching numbers. If you're a young, healthy person, chances are it's going to be mild and you're going to be okay. Um, but yeah, so we recovered. We did recover. It took a long time. It festered in our system for a while, but I have been sicker. I've had a stomach flu in the last couple of years. It was like, oh, I don't need to do that again. Oh, and those are the devil. <laughs> exactly. Those are the worst thing. It was bad. I didn't think I, I didn't think I had that much to come up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and my sister gave me the, the worst sinus infection like those those were memorable this was mm -hmm. not yeah I, will... I feel like that's good um 
because I, I actually, I relate kind of to Kevin because my mom pretty much says I'm a hypochondriac too. Um, when I was little, I, I would put my hand on my heart and I would be like, okay, I'm going to make sure that my heart's beating. So I would fall asleep with my hand on my chest. And then if I would wake up and my hand would be in a different spot, I would be like, mom, my heart stopped beating. And I would like run into her room and I'd be like, mom, my heart's not beating. And she's like, yeah, you'd be dead if your heart wasn't beating. And so I, I have always struggled with hypochondria too. So, um, I actually, one thing I had to do and I don't even have any symptoms or whatever. Um, I had to delete social media off my phone for like a week because I was just like, Kevin, I was like, update for Florida, coronavirus update, latest news, what happens if kids get coronavirus? I was like constantly, 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 and we don't have cable, so I I wasn't watching news. I was on my phone Googling news and like, um, how many people die from coronavirus? What's the update? What cities? I called the health department and I was like, excuse me, can you tell me what city, like, you said there's cases in Lake County, but which city? Because I need to know, like, I freaked out and it was a good week. And I, like you said, I had to unplug because it was, it was making me anxious. I was getting stressed. It was, it was not good. So I can relate to your husband in that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was hard. And I I feel like there's times in marriage that you have to step up for your partner Mm. because they cannot handle what they're going through. And there's been times that he's carried me and this was my time to carry our house. Like I really did. I had to, um, like it, it was, it was rough, but, um, bless, bless his soul. I was, I wasn't mad at him. Mm. You know? Um, yeah. I was frustrated at times. So I'm like, yes. <laughs> but I can't open the door. And, um, I didn't know, I, again, I think I mentioned, I didn't want to tell anybody. It took yeah. for a while before I finally was like, you know what? I think everybody's freaking out. I want to normalize it a little. I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. And I told her when I don't know very well. And, um, she brought over all of this stuff for us, left it on our doorstep, brought our trash cans up because we didn't even Aww. go to bring up our trash cans. Mm. Um, it just shows you how important it is to reach out to people in times mm. like that. Yep. Um, and she really like boosted us through that. And I will never forget that. Oh, and see now it's kind of funny because you said you didn't really like, you were new to your area and you didn't know a lot of people. Well, now you made a connection with that person. So it's kind of like, you know, that was a positive yeah. that came out of it is now you have a, a new friend in your neighborhood. So yeah. you can be coronavirus for that. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. Well, we, we got to a point where I could leave that, like start to go out. And I think mm-hmm. I mentioned that I did go get my trash cans one at the time. Or was it? Yeah. I think it, I went to go get something at my road. And um, so the stigma with coronavirus is crazy. I think people think when you're sick, you're sick forever. And you should just never yeah. leave the house again. Um, whenever we're so far past our contagious point, like if yeah. you um it's very contagious early on um anyways so I was walking and I guess the word spread you know there's there's a reasons why I think the word spread um it's not that big of a suburb but so there was a neighbor walking and she made eye contact with me and she was far away and she just like her eyes got like really big and she turned around and started like beelining the other way and then (laughs) it was like oh I'm not gonna hurt you you know I'm, I'm fine. And then I look over and there's this grown man. He's far away too. He sees me. He starts running up his driveway. Oh my goodness. Like people chill. Like I'm not, it, it was nuts, but like, you, I'm like a football field away from you. There's no possible way. Even if I like sneezed in your direction or coughed, it's not getting you. You're fine. <laughs> Here's the crazy thing. I think this thing is way more widespread than we think, which is yeah. a good news that means that it's not it's it's obviously deadly for the people that it's deadly for but mm. it's mild for most people I told yeah. my mom 
Like I guarantee you every day in every grocery store, there's at least one person coming through with this. Yep. You know? Yep. So my uh, sister-in-law works at, um, it's called, it's like a health center kind of, kind of like a center care type place. And this lady called and said that she thought she had coronavirus. So they tested her and they told her, stay in your house just in case if you think you have it, go ahead and self-quarantine. She comes back like a couple days later after, because the health department told her she was positive. She comes back again to the place and they were like, what are you doing here? She's like, well, I feel like I need something to help with my symptoms. And they're like, we told you not to leave your house. She's like, well, I have to go to Target after this anyway. <gasps> like, she no, was literally, she's like, my life doesn't just stop because I have this virus. And they're like, no, really, it kind of should. So that, she's a perfect example. People are just being, I feel like, reckless with it, you know? Well, here, here's the, here's, so this is where, like, I think anxiety really kicks in. So that, that mm-hmm. one is a total jerk. Yep. But most people aren't. You have to understand that, like, most people are not terrible like that. Yeah. You know? You have to try and have faith that most people are doing their part. Yep. Um, that really blows. That I know. Be- and my sister-in-law was like, oh, great. Like, so now whoever was near her was probably exposed. So that's not good. Okay. So going back to the actual virus, um, can you kind of tell people, like, what your symptoms were and you did say they lasted a while so can you give us like a timeline of like from when yeah. you first felt the because obviously your first symptom would be the fever so from that time until you know how how long it took you to kind of feel back to normal um i still to this day have like a post nasal drip cough mm-hmm. um, which that could last like six weeks it doesn't mean you're contagious it just means your body's trying to recover okay um, so Again, it, my husband came home with a fever on a Friday. Okay. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, I, I had like chest tightness. My fever came Monday night, and then I lost my sense of smell. And I know that's super strange, but it's actually happening in a lot of people with coronavirus. Oh, wow. I could smell nothing. And my nose wasn't um, stuffed at all. Like, it was very clear. I couldn't smell coffee. I couldn't smell candles. I baked brownies for my kids. Couldn't smell those. Oh, my goodness. I tried to be busy. I kept, like, building them tents and, like, you know, baking them. Th- I, I try yes. to, I, you know, um, yeah. that's how I cope with things. But yeah, so my sense of smell left and then my fever would come and it would go. I wouldn't have it for a while and then it would come back and it was always very low grade. Um, and then this weird, just like cough, but that's, that's the extent it went to for us. I got really tired a couple days and there were a couple days during those days when I would get up, um, I would get dizzy. And I think it's because mm. I wasn't getting enough oxygen yeah I just laid down those days and then it got better yep and see that's crazy because like to read on the news like it's pretty much people are saying it's like if you get it you're dead you know they're so like dramatic about it and you're sitting there going like I still took care of my kids we were doing crafts we were playing like you still pretty much were able to carry out your daily duties so I think that this is good for people to hear like of course if you have an underlying health condition or if you're elderly that might not be the case, but for the majority of us, like, you know, you're going to be okay. You're just going to be a little bit sick. And then here you are now on the podcast talking about it. You're fine. You know? Yeah. I'm not promising people that they won't be sick. And again, Uh, but you have to think about it as a, as a parent, like how many times have you been just so sick and you had mm, to carry on? (laughs) I think about like when I was pregnant and I had that Mm awful morning sickness and you're still having to take care of your toddler and like we've done worse you know it's like <laughs> exactly and that last mine lasted with my second son 
I was nauseous until like 20 something weeks. Like it was like months. (laughs) Yeah. And so I'm like, if I can make it through that, I can make it through being sick for like two weeks or whatever, you know, of course, like that's not to say that it won't affect certain people differently, but for the most part, those of us who are, have good immune systems and are not being stupid like that one lady, you know. Exactly. Don't do that. But yeah, I don't want to minimize it because it is it is really hurting some people, but the chances yeah. are it's going to hurt you as a young, healthy adult. Like, put you um, under is very, very low. And yeah, I know that. Yep, that's true. Okay. So I actually, um, like I was telling you before, I had somebody who asked me some questions that they wanted to hear from a firsthand perspective. So one of the questions submitted to me was, did you take the precautions or the virus seriously before the diagnosis? I think you already answered that one. Um, How were you exposed is the next one. So can you kind of talk about where you guys think you maybe got it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I know that the incubation, am I saying that right? Intubation? Yeah. No, incubation. (laughs) You're right. I promise, guys, I I have a brain. Um, So (laughs) it's one to 14 days, but the average is five days. Mm -hmm. So um, you don't need to be freaking out, rocking back and forth for two weeks. Like usually five days before it comes up. Um, We had a birthday party for my daughter. Okay. March 7th. not one person that was at that party got sick. So I know that we were not at that point. Okay. Uh, my husband has staff, again, like I said, that travel, and they went to an international trade show in mm. New York, uh, like a fashion trade show, and they were they got so sick that they had to call, like, th- these are really hardworking, work themselves into the ground people, and they couldn't even work. So they were wow. really sick. Um, some got sicker than others, okay. again, like you're saying. And, and none of them was hospitalized, like they weren't hospitalized. They were just really sick. Yeah. Uh, so they kind of started dropping like one after the other. And then, um, my husband got sick the following Friday is when he mm. had the, so he thinks he got it from his staff. Um, yeah. and a person he was having a lot of meetings with that week got it too. So we yeah. think sometime in that week before, so probably that Monday, mm-hmm. uh, because he had just gone back to the office. We had been in Vegas the week, like, and stuff, and New York, and, like, a few other places. Um, he thinks he picked it up from one of his employees, and then he he gave it to his friend. And oh, yeah. Thank you. He gives me a lot. You're, like, sharing is caring, but not when it comes to this. Like, I could have done without this one. Yes. Um, so, the other question she had was, what was your reaction? Like, when when you found out that Kevin got the positive test, like, what was your initial reaction? Like, were you kind of just like, oh, okay. Or were you like kind of freaking out? I started laughing. I just couldn't handle, I I know that sounds really dark, but like one, again, my husband's the, for him to be patient zero, I just like, you know, when you know him, you, it's, you're like, oh, of course, of course. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so uh, I started, and and just kind of in disbelief because at that point there were a ton of conspiracy theories like floating around. It was like the week of conspiracy theories. Everyone's like, this has happened. This came from this and it's not real. And I'm like, do you actually yes. know? So to be one of the people, I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I wasn't that afraid of it. I really yeah. was because again, I'm a young, healthy person. I exercise four t- times a week and I, I don't know. And I wasn't, I personally wasn't stressed, but um, I don't know. Yeah. That's so that's good that you... Because I feel like if it was me, if I was Kevin, I would have probably freaked out. So I'm glad mm-hmm. that there's some people like you in this world. We need both types of people, you know, like the people who are 
high energy and high strung and then the other people who are like it's okay calm down like they make a perfect you know opposites attract he's hot when i'm high strung he about the things i am high strung about he's not so it's it's, mm. good. it's a good balance yep um the other question she had is her last question was what helped you in this time of your illness like were there any things that maybe relieved your symptoms a little bit or anything that you feel was especially helpful so um obviously tiger king but that's old news now <laughs> everybody has seen that at this point <laughs> that was helpful um <laughs> but no a lot of so the doctor recommended Nex hmm. and tylenol no anti-inflammatories they said okay. stay with your ibuprofen um stay elevated because that's how your body gets the most oxygen okay um so that was all helpful i drank tons of water um lots of hot tea and just tried to keep myself busy and and let my expectations go i think it's hard to have a house full of kids um but let them go if you're sick um tell their teachers if they're in virtual school they're gonna be okay with it be like i can't keep up with all of this um i think your kids are gonna remember how you handled this yes uh, i really do i think uh, even though mine are little like i i have memories from that age so I'm very upfront and honest. I'm like, you know, a lot of people are getting sick, so we just kind of don't want to share germs right now, but it's okay. We're all going to be okay. We're just going to be home longer. Um, and so when we were sick, I'm trying to explain that to our kids, like, hey, we're, we're sick. Um, so we just don't feel that good. We're going to lay on the couch a little bit. You can go play in the playroom. Or sometimes I would like give in and put cartoons on and let them like sit on top of me because <laughs> they were already sick at that point too. Yeah. Um, just letting expectations go. Um, let people help you. If they offer to bring you food or groceries, let them. Mm, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Let give yourself permission to have those experiences. Yes, I agree with that. Um, and I feel like that's good just in general, because even as moms, we we try to keep up this facade that like, oh, we can handle it. We're fine. We don't need help. So I feel like just if someone offers you help, taking it is good advice for anyone, not just somebody who is dealing with a sickness, you know? Um, and, and I don't know. Oh, go ahead. Oh, say my, it's therapeutic for pe some mm -hmm. people to help too. So you have to let yeah. them help you. They want to help you. Yep. You know, one thing I just recently heard, um, I think it was yesterday. Somebody posted a video was that there's some sort of, um, some doctor in the UK who said this thing where like you take a deep breath in and you hold it for five seconds and you do that five times. And then you like let out this like cough or something and it helps relieve some of the stuff. And another thing was that, um, to lay on your stomach because the majority of your lungs are on the back and if you sit on the or like if you lay on them too long it suppresses the airways more so they said to lay on your stomach so i don't know if you tried either of those things i did the deep breath thing now that you're saying okay. that i agree yeah yeah okay so that's good because i mean obviously i don't have firsthand experience with this so i was kind of curious um so that's good so if you're listening to this go google um breath technique for coronavirus i don't know what it's called some doctor in the uk posted it mm -hmm. um yeah, so I really appreciate you just being so open and honest and, you know, because like you said, it's kind of a scary thing to say that you have it because then people might run away from you like, you know, like your neighbors did. <laughs> oh my gosh. I cannot believe that. Um, do you have any sort of other encouragement or anything you want to add, you know, just to kind yeah. of... Yeah, I actually think you just modeled it. So like productive mm. thinking, what is like, how can you think productively about this? Not mm. out of you're only like, what if I get it? What if I get it? Like okay, what if you get it? Let's yeah. think, what if you get it? So what are some things you can do? Or 
again, sleep elevated. Can you make sure you have some Tylenol just in case that happens? Um, go find your favorite brand of tea and have it on, have it ready. Um, practice some deep breathing techniques. So like productive thinking, not worrying. Um, cause there, the chances are that most people are going to get this over the next year is pretty high. Like they're, mm -hmm. And you're going to be okay. Um, so productive thinking, like what, what happens if this happens? What does it look like? What is my, if you're a single mom, what does my home situation mm. look like? Um, yeah. Start thinking like that. Um, yeah. So I think that you, you asked me like before we recorded this, like what, what are some lessons I learned? Through oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, I'm still digesting. I think we're all yeah. coming out of our lessons. Like we don't know um, what all there is to learn from this whole quarantine. Life is not as stable as we thought it was. Mm. Um, like society's a lot more fragile than we realize. Yeah. That, that's what I, my takeaway is one of them. But yep. first one is marry someone you love because you never know when you're going to be stuck in a house with them. You know, Ooh, for, that is like best advice in the world right there. That's awesome. <laughs> Like if you're out there dating right now and you can't, you don't think you can be stuck in a house with someone with a bunch of kids and stuff on the floor, then you need to run. Ooh, that's um, good. Also just reevaluating what's worth coming back to. So mm. I think a lot of us have this rare chance to rebuild. A lot of people lost their jobs. I know we had to lay off a ton of people and oh. we're, I know, it sucks. Um, and cause everything was going so well, this was the only yeah. thing that happened. And so just that really that chance to rebuild something and say like, what, what is worth coming back to instead of like, mm. like I lost my job. It's like, well, what do I want to do? Obviously people need money. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about what your life looks like a year from now. Um, so we have a lot of things up in the air. We're actually considering maybe moving. We don't, we don't know. Cause we're like, life is fragile. Um, what, what do we want this to look like? So looking at this as an opportunity um, and just okay. to not, yeah. And just to not take certainty for granted. Um, it's just, we had our whole, everything was so put together in January and February. And I think I just took it for, took it for granted, you know, and we just had the rug ripped right out from underneath us. And next time I have a little bit of certainty, I'm just going to take a deep breath and say, this is nice. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is nice. That's yeah. all. No, I feel like that's really good. Cause I actually just listened to this. Um, I don't know if you know who Brendan Burchard is. He's like a motivational speaker, author. Um, he does a lot of online content and stuff. And he put out this e-course the other day about, um, he's like, a lot of people got fired from jobs that they hated. He's like, so think yeah. about that. Like so many people hated their jobs and now they're like, oh, I'm fired. And they're like devastated, which, you know, for income, it's devastating. But he's like, take this as an opportunity to learn, do an online course, um, pick up a new skill, read books, listen to podcasts figure out what, what you actually want to do with your life. Because like you said, life is so uncertain and life is fragile. Use this as a point to, I mean, during the, um, the housing market crash, Uber was born. Um, Airbnb was born. All these people came up with these really inventive, cool ideas and like changed things. So he's like, although it seems like a devastating thing, try to find a way to make yourself come out better on the other side, you know? So I feel like that goes back to what you were saying. So I feel like that's perfect. It's definitely... Yeah there's room for both. There's room for, I'm excited. And, and, um, there, this is an opportunity and this sucks. You can have, mm. you could be like this freaking blows. Like I was supposed to go on vacation next month or whatever you're missing out on. You're, the certainty is gone. And I'm excited to find something new. Mm. You know? anyway, yeah. No, that's good. <laughs> Cause actually, um, 
my husband's cousin, he's supposed to get married in June in New York. And now with the way things are looking, like that's probably not going to happen. So they've kind of had to reframe their whole plan for a destination wedding. And so now they're in the works of figuring that out. So there are people who, you know, a wedding is a big deal. And so to have to shift you, you know, when you're a little girl, you dream about your wedding. And so she probably had this planned in her head and it would be perfect. And then now it's kind of, you know, through a wrench in the plan. So there are things that stink and people, like you said, a single mom who's furloughed right now, she has no income. What is she supposed to do? So there's definitely, I agree with that, that yes, it's okay to be like, this is a terrible situation, but the longer you dwell in the negative, it's not going to bring anything positive out of it. You know? Totally. I agree. Okay. So if people loved your message and just want to reach out to you, where and how can they connect with you? Oh, okay. So I have a couple ways. Uh, I keep my personal account private Mm -hmm. uh, because it's just, it's just what I do. But um, my husband and I have a company called the number project. It's just at number project. Um, look it up on Instagram. It does some really cool stuff. If you're someone who just like loves art and music and it's always doing something really fun. Um, and then I also have a podcast too, but it's very lighthearted and, <laughs> and can be, um, I'm trying to find the right word for it. If you have sensitive ears, it's not for you. <laughs> oh, is it, um, it's got some choice words in it. For- it's got some choice words in it. Um, it's just really funny. It's um, one of my my other childhood friends, um, and I just like catching up every week. So if you're a mom, it's that's the demographic it's for. It's called Busy Mobs Please Hold, um, and that comes out once a week too. So you could reach out to me on there. I check that, and yeah, I'll yeah, answer anyone has about this stuff. Yes, I think that's so good that you're being so like you know. You're just like an open book. And I love that because some people are, you know, they just, they wouldn't have told anyone that they had it because they were nervous how people would react. So um, I definitely, if like, like Amber was saying with her podcast, I'm going to go ahead and plug it because she actually started her podcast and it gave me the impetus to be brave and start my own podcast. So I want to thank you because when I reached out to you, you could have easily shut me down. You could have been like, oh, it was hard. Don't do it. You know? You you are just an awesome example of a woman who uplifts other women. And I appreciate that. So thank you for, so everyone who listens can thank Amber because she's the one who gave me some courage to kind of step out and, you know, do this new thing that I've always wanted to do. So thank you, Amber. And I love our friendship. You always make me laugh. So can't wait to see you in person again sometime. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It'll be so awesome. We're going to get past. We will see humans again, everyone. (laughs) that'll be great (laughs) I think this is making every introvert a little more extroverted you know they're all like I hate people well I kind of like people a little bit you know like is making them like want to get out of their shell so bad (laughs) (laughs) yes very true okay well thank you again it was nice talking to you no thank you thank you stay healthy and um have a good rest of your quarantine. Yes. Thank you. You too. All right. Catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Encourageous podcast. I hope today's story left you feeling encouraged and inspired. Come back every other Thursday for a new episode and be sure to subscribe. Your support makes a world of a difference, especially for a new and bi-weekly podcast like this one. 
If you want to connect with me on social, you can find me on both Instagram and Facebook at The Encourageous Podcast. Until next time, stay encourageous. Thank you.